What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Man, welcome back. All the smoke. With this guy right here. My guy. What episode is this? We'll figure that shit out okay, later. Sometime. We got one of the young, up-and-coming, rising stars in the game, Jalen Brown. Man, appreciate you coming through. Appreciate y'all. The OG. young star, little bro. Fresh, hey, off, boy. fresh off that OG. new contract, man. Huh? So year sure. four, and you sign a $115 million deal. Tell me what that's like coming from a, a single-parent home to being pretty much financially stable for the rest of your life for you and your family. Tell me what that's like. It's a blessing, mm-hmm. uh, for sure, just to be able to have that stability and stuff like that, just to be able to look my mom in the eyes and be like, we good. Um, so that's a, a great feeling. Um, but for me, I'm still just working. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. keep going and building. You got more $100, $100 million contracts yeah. to sign off on. Anything you bought for your mom, for yourself, with that first big deal? Uh, I got my mom a whip. Uh, of course. Usual. I, to be honest, I didn't even get myself a whip yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm gonna get. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got. I took care of mom's first. I ain't really got nothing too crazy for myself. Uh, to be honest, when I first got to the league, my first like little flex was like a piano. I got like a mini. You play grand. piano? I know. You just want to learn <laughs> it just how? Nice. Nah, I wanted. I always wanted to learn. Yeah. But we couldn't afford piano lessons growing up. So right. the first, my first little flex, like I didn't get a car. I got like a grand piano and put it in my house. I mean that's a different direction, but I mean that's kind of what I'm 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 learning about you. I'm a fan of your game, but I'm learning like you're kind of outside the box with things. You know, what I mean you're 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 very into tech. You're very. I heard you want to learn several different languages. Where does your thirst for education come from? I, w- I would say with the OG, my mom, uh, my upbringing. You know, my mom. She she not only she had two degrees, but she was like the realest person I knew. Like she had to do both roles, but at the same time, she was in school. At the same time, like she worked jobs, she cleaned the house, she cooked, she did it all. Mm-hmm. So, I got to, so I got to see um, somebody being a, uh, a dope in multiple facets and multiple roles. So it told me that just because I do one thing, don't mean I gotta be stuck in that box forever. So your mom was your hero, it sounds like? Yeah, for sure. A lot of people don't understand like what you learn from your mother, like not having a father there. People don't understand how hard it is for a mother to play that role. You know what I mean? To keep us out of trouble when we want to rebel and be men at a young age. Like, it's it's really hard. So when we do make it, that's really our only goal is to change our mom's life because she paid, people don't know the dues and the, and the stuff she went through for us to even be here, to even have a chance to make it to the NBA. So I totally feel you up because me and Matt had the same relationships with our mom. You know what I'm saying? Mad dad was around, but my dad wasn't around. But So I know, you know, even though you got this money, it don't stop because... You have you have more things that you want to do, and that that money just makes you hungrier. Facts, and uh, keep curse on the show. Yeah, yeah hell yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. My mom, she was the realest nigga I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, That's what's up. Yeah, so it's it's great to be able to just do stuff for her and let her travel and have that freedom and see That's that happiness. Because I remember it was days she would come home from work, 
she's sitting in traffic in Atlanta, two uh, hour worth of traffic. She come home and like is one shoe in front of the door. She just go crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dishes in the sink. She go, go crazy. crazy. <laughs> so like it's good to see her now. She's smiling. She kicked back. She traveled. So no better feeling. Yeah. So y'all are off to a hot start. Tell me what it's like right now. I mean, because you guys got an early taste. Your second year, you guys go to the Eastern Finals. Uh, you guys are the, the talk of the league. You know, that's when definitely you was on my radar. I saw you, you know, me and me being from the Bay. I saw you at Cal, and I was just like, okay, this kid could play. So third pick come in. Your second year, you guys go right to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, tell me what that's like. Um, it's great. It's a blessing. I know a lot of people don't get that, that privilege to be able to play you know, that deep into the playoffs multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take that, I don't take that for granted. I just always want to keep working and stuff like that. But just finding ways to win in this league is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you can get a win, take it. Because right. um, I've talked to, to vets that's been on different teams and people that's been in the league for a long time. It don't always go like that. So I try to listen and learn from these stories. Um, so anytime we, we try to win, we try to take advantage of it. So you guys are tw- basically 24 minutes from going to the finals in your second season. Get Kyrie healthy. Get Gordon healthy. You guys are expected on paper to be that team. And I know that that personally had you. It looked like it, it seemed like from the outside looking in, you kind of had to take a step back last year with the situation. And, and we didn't see the jump we thought we were going to see. Obviously, we see it this year. But w- w- walk us through that. What do you think, the, w- what was the problem with that? Or that was, that was a tough, that was a tough transition for me. I was, what, 20, 21, mm-hmm. about to be 22 years old, going off, uh, coming off of a, a great season in the playoffs. And um, it was kind of facilitated. It wasn't really facilitated, but it was like understanding that I was going to be, or the me guy. and Terry was the mm-hmm. one that was going to have to be the ones taking a step back. And we kind of really didn't understand that. Like, why us mm-hmm. at all? You know, people, why? You know what I mean? But um, it worked out the way it worked out. And, and we don't you, you don't want to look back on the past too much because mm-hmm. it is what it is. And uh, we're looking forward. But it, it was tough, for sure. You, you, you coming off of a great season. Mm-hmm. You're young. Huge. And, they, and it was almost like they wanted to make it a bad thing that you wanted more. Right. Like right, you, make you look like, selfish. Like these young guys, they don't understand, they selfish. I'm like, what are we supposed to want to do? Right. Like we're supposed to want to get better. We're supposed to want to dominate. Take it to the next to level. Take it to the next level. But they almost made it seem like that was a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. y'all being cancers. Yeah, like so. But it said a lot about you, for you to, as a young guy, to be able to take that and still perform. Like me, I know if somebody told me that at that age, I'm going to be in the funk. I ain't going to want to play. I'm going to have an attitude. Like, you handled it like a pro at a young age. Like, I had to be around Tim Duncan and David Robinson to learn how to be a professional. To be a professional. For, you to, for you to be able to take that at a, at a young age like that after the year you just had, that's a testament to you. That says Absolutely. a lot about you because a lot of young guys that's put in that position at a young, at a young age early in their career, they don't last long. No, I, ain't gonna lie, I ain't going to lie to you. It was tough. Yeah. Like mentally, it, it caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of self Being a top pick. Being a top pick. I'm seeing um, other guys in the league that's in the positions and they're getting the – so it's hard not to compare yourself and just try to stay in your own lane. But it, it was tough. It caused mentally a lot of fortitude for me to be able to look myself in the mirror and be like, you know, I ain't going to care what these people got to say. I'm going to just continue to go forward no matter what the situation is. Talk to us about that anxiety because that's something, you know, when we first came in the league, like that mental health wasn't discussed. And, you know, you've been vocal with it. Uh, Kevin Love's been vocal with it. Other guys have been vocal with it. Putting that out, did you feel like that took a a weight off your shoulders or you had – explain that to me. It didn't didn't take a weight off my shoulders because I know that – People still battle. It's a battle that still currently daily, is, right? is going on. It's daily. Everybody deals with it in some way, shape, or form. Like that that voice that's telling you you're not as good as you think you are, or what you're trying to do, or you're not worthy. You know, our kids are, you know, the younger generation, they deal with that on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. it's just a me, I'm just using it as a as somebody that, you know, somebody of influence that goes through it just so maybe they can feel a little bit more comfortable for it. But um, for me, um, I don't say it's like I overcame it or it's gone. It's just a daily battle. Like it was tough because when you get put into a situation with adversity, 
um, naturally you start to question yourself and your Absolutely. ability. That's the first thing you do. And your confidence, like, am I as good as I thought I was? Mm -hmm. And as soon as you start to question yourself, it's over. As soon as you start to not believe in yourself, you can kiss it goodbye. Mm -hmm. As soon as they get in your head, you're going to kill, like, the self-doubt is going to kill you before anybody else can even touch you. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, I had to, that's why I had a rough start to last year because it took me a minute to kind of get out of that, mm -hmm. to kind of, like, okay, remind myself of like what I bring to the table, remind myself of who I am, remind myself that I'm unique. Jalen Brown, God damn it. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, certain people try to make you feel bad because right. you think different mm -hmm. or you are different and they try to, you know, whatever, make it seem like that's a bad thing. I had to remind myself like everybody got their own unique qualities that they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And that's what's beautiful with the world because everybody think differently, but most of these people, they walk into everyday life and everything is the same. Right. And you walk in, you leave the house and you go act like somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to realize, like, I'm me and I'm going to walk out regardless. the door every single day and be me, right. regardless of what the Celtics got to say, regardless of what the black Twitter, anybody, anybody. got to say. Yeah. Right. I just had to do that. And that's what helped me really get up out of that. How did you, so, so just really just being able to block all that stuff out? Because, I mean, people don't understand the NBA is 90% mental. I mean, skill is, everyone in, in the league has skill, but it's your mental approach and how important your mental approach is to your, not only your game, but your day-to-day -day life. Because normally when you're not playing well, your off-the-court life is kind of dragging too because, you know, you're here to do this. And like you said, there's social media, there's hecklers, there's haters. Like, how were you able at such a young age to block all that out? Did you have help or is this something you just talked yourself through? Uh, my grandpa, to be honest, he, he gave me a book and it really helped. It was like on astrology and stuff and it kind of helped me like rediscover like who I was and stuff. But everybody has their own process and their own whatever. So um, for me, that was what helped me, you know, trying to like figure out like what I'm made of and like what I bring to the table. And that made me more confident in myself. So when I stepped out in front of people, it was nothing they could really tell me that would really bother me because I was already knew what I was born with what I came into this world with. So um, that helped me a lot, my grandpa and stuff like that. But everybody has, you know, their own process and things like that. But I, I challenge people to look themselves in the mirror and remind themselves how unique they are mm -hmm. when they walk out. Every that's the, that's the beautiful part of the world. God made each and every one of us different with different qualities, right? So sometimes we forget because we go into a world where everybody just want to be the same and listen to the same music wear the same clothes mm -hmm. talk to the same girls like all the same stuff <laughs> right mm -hmm. repeat recycled it, it recycled right. so i challenge more people to just be different especially kids i don't know who's gonna be watching this right but especially the young ones you know because they the next generation they're mm -hmm. gonna be the ones paving the way i challenge them like just be yourself it's hard as hell to look yourself in the mirror and hold yourself accountable you can lie to everybody else but you can't lie to yourself you know right. what I'm saying? When you're able to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and not lie to yourself, it's, it's easier to deal with the shit outside. It's, it's totally easy because you're not lying to yourself. That's a fact. That is 100% fact. And that, and that, takes, a, a, that takes a lot mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And like I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, what can I do better? And how can I make the best? Are, are you doing something wrong? You're not doing nothing. You wasn't doing nothing wrong. You know, you, right. you, you got drafted number three. Shit, I'm supposed to be a star on this team. I'm supposed to be playing. You, you act, saw you know? what I did yeah. this year. We take a huge step back. Yeah, you no, I just really have wrong. a, you know, I really have to commend you. Like I said, at a young age, you had a lot, and I think it's only going to make you better in the long run. But the way you've handled it, and the way you've bounced back, and, mm -hmm. and the way you're back playing this year, uh, you know, you're, you're you're back with that edge and that attack and dunking on motherfuckers and doing what you need to do. He's a right legger too. Oh yeah, I he jumped that. up the right leg yeah. too. <laughs> we all right leg jumpers. Stupid bounce. <laughs> Stupid bounce. Ugly as shit, buddy. We do it. What's, we do it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's the difference between you guys, like I said, on paper, you guys were amazing last year. It just didn't work between the energy last year in that locker room and the chemistry with the chemistry and energy this year with you guys' team? It's a whole new team, whole new year, whole new vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, everything changed. That's a part of the why. Uh, I cut my hair, just a new season, new mm-hmm. vibe, let our, everything in the past go, just try to build for a new a new frontier. But um, the whole energy has changed. Like, last year was like kind of like everybody was competing. Mm-hmm. Like, we had some, we had yeah. a lot of dogs. In that in that locker room, mm-hmm. that like felt like they was that that mm-hmm. guy, you know what I mean? And rightfully so. Like I, I respect that because mm-hmm. it, it creates an environment. Like our practices was crazy. Oh yeah, that yeah, right. That yeah. Terry right. going at Kyrie, yeah, me and Jason going at it. Like it was it was crazy. Like some if people from my perspective, because it was a good basketball environment from like people just trying to get better. Mm-hmm. But when it came to being five on the court, that's when it got. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. You guys were on the islands. It almost looked like at yeah, times. Because we can't, you can't play everybody in the fourth quarter. Brad can't play everybody. Yeah, uh, we can't play everybody. You know, to start the game. Uh, so it was just like um, a lot of stuff that just drew traction between that and 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 it was like shared. It should have been shared. You know, equally between you know players, front office, coaching staff, instead of just being like it was all the players' fault they couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was. It should have been more of a conglomerate because yeah. it was It was everything. It's a team problem. It's an organizational problem. Yeah, it's not like, just a player problem. It was tough for Brad to be able to figure that out. He handled it of, well, though. He handled it. He, he made did. it look easy. Nah, from did. the outside looking in. You know yeah, what I mean? From the outside looking in, right. A lot of respect for Brad. He handled it in the sense where he didn't like belittle nobody. Yeah. Just, like, and other coaches might not have did that. Mm-hmm. Like He didn't really strip my confidence completely and just say, like, you know what? This is not what you're going to do, and this is not what you're going to do. He kind of just let everything kind of like fizzle out. And so Brad, I feel like, did a, a great job last year. And I know he is talking about it um, because he's so focused on this year and so am I because we got a long season ahead of us. But uh, sometimes it's good to acknowledge the past so we can just move, move forward. forward. Exactly. Right. I was someone who said early on when I saw your core, you, Kimba being new, and Marcus Smart playing on the USA team, 
regardless, it didn't really go the way you planned. I just I knew that experience in, in, in representing your country was going to carry over to this season uh, with chemistry, with confidence. You got a chance to play with Kemba early. Tell me what that experience was like and, and then having Kemba not only as a USA team, but now your point guard. It was great. Like when you uh, when you outside the country and you like, you know, you're not away, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends and it's just you and your teammates. You're going to learn stuff about each other that some stuff you don't even want to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's stuff I'm learning about stuff that I don't even want to know. Right. But you're going to learn stuff about people and it's going to make you, you know, respect them more. It's going to make you get closer to them. And it's going to make you build that chemistry that we needed going into the season. So we spent a lot of time with each other. Like in China, we was in China for about three and a half weeks, playing video games, talking, playing cars, chopping it up. Like I know stuff about some of these guys that I had played with them for three years and Not didn't know. know right? Yeah. Well, that's what we always say. You know what I mean? We had a, a, an amazing chemistry uh, with that We Believe team, but, but it was because I think we fucked with each other so tough off the court and mm -hmm. got to know each other off the court and likes and dislikes and got to meet each other's families and really became friends and brothers off the court. And then all that obviously translates on the court. So you found that to obviously to be the same? Yeah, especially like we playing against, you know, teams that that is coming for your coming for our head like mm -hmm. like we playing against Serbia we playing against you know Greece we playing against teams countries that France that don't really like the right. US so like nobody makes, likes the US exactly. when it comes to basketball cuz we've always been so good and it, you can feel it mm -hmm. so it make you come together Crazy, so it's man. like man we are not about to let these dudes you know what I mean weak ass motherfucker exactly yeah. and, and and everything happened for a reason and it work out the way we wanted it to and we still kind of deciphering what that reason is going to be but you know, I'll never question his plan, so we'll see what, what comes of it. How close are you with Tatum? You guys both being back-to-back -back third picks, coming to a historical franchise like the Celtics. Was he someone that you bonded with early on? Um, yeah. Like, I think when me and Tatum came in, we had similar situations, but we kind of like polar opposites mm -hmm. in a sense. Like, Tatum is like, um, even in our game, like, I'm more aggressive, Tatum yeah. more laid Finesse. back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's mm -hmm. kind of how our personalities is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm more probably, he'll probably say I'm a little outside of the box, and he's probably a little bit more how cut and simply just keep it simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, we, we in a weird way, it kind of like works. Works. Because you're different. You know what I mean? Because we lack what each other has. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, in a weird way, we got like an understanding, like, uh, if each other, a respect for each other. Our families is close, like my my brother, like babysit his like uh, his son and See, stuff that's like that. Like we got right. Um, so we've been we, that, that's we your have, light skinned brother. Exactly, we different. Like we got different mindsets, but at the same time, like I think we respect each other. Y'all can be great together for a long time yeah. too, bro. I think I think in the back of the mind, y'all know that too. If y'all can stay together for a long time. Y'all can be Jordan Pippen all over again. That's dope. So what is it like? Tell me what it's like playing for a historical franchise like Boston. Um. Boston uh, is a great city, uh, of course. Definitely, um, definitely is something that when I came into, I had no idea about. Like nobody in my family is a Celt was a Celtics fan. Um, nobody was particularly fond of the Celtics when I you got. You a country here. boy. You yeah, Atlanta country yeah, boy. You grew, you, know what what I mean? you grew up a Hawks fan. I would say I grew up a Hawks fan and a Falcons. You know, I support okay. the home the yeah. hometown mm -hmm. city. I'm, yeah. I would say that. So like, but my family like. When I got there, nobody was there. People had questions, you know, about Boston, the area, the people. People was like suspicious about how the people treat, you know, people Blacks. of color, mm -hmm. yeah, no question, and stuff yeah. like that. So it was a little bit, you know, um, people was a little bit indifferent. My family they had um, ideas in their head about how Boston was, and as I've been there, I've seen some of those ideas, mm -hmm. and I've seen how the city has progressed in the last four years. And how eclectic it is. Um, the city of Boston is. Outside cities are a little bit, you know, need some work um, for sure. Because you see how like it's still like a little bit separate mm -hmm. outside. But the city of Boston, I think everybody comes together in the city mm -hmm. and um, works together, makes money together, watches the Celtics games and the Bruins and all that. Everybody come together like in the city, but outside the city, it's a little bit. It's a little bit different, but um, I've definitely been able to see like the city of Boston grow and been able to like be a part of it. I'm in I'm in there for four years, so I'm a part of the community now. Question. You know, so it's it's not just it's on me too. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out ways to bring the community together. I did a gala this year, you know, showing some love to places in the community that don't get the, the amount of love they deserve. So I'm trying to find ways to bring the community. 
Uh, more and more together because I've been there for four years and hopefully I'll be there for four more. Um, so I'm trying to do something too to add to be a part of the solution. You used to the snow? You like to come with the snow yet? <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get used to the snow. <laughs> right, that's yeah, slush. Yeah. Man, it'd be, it be like, I'm in my rookie year. I, uh, we had a game. I opened the door and like literally the snow fell off the roof. The, like I couldn't see out the door. Mm. So I'm thinking like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Game canceled. I'm like, game canceled. We good. <laughs> I'm about to go back to sleep. They was like, then Lynchy hit, hit us like, make time to shovel out the snow to make sure you get to the game on time. Leave an hour early. So I'm like, yo, I really got to play in this? Yes, yes. Had to leave an hour early for the game. So it took me two hours to get there. And then I had to shovel myself out of the snow. Like literally. You weren't used to that. Nah, I was <laughs> like, this ain't shit. it. I was like, this ain't it, man. <laughs> This ain't it. <laughs> You're someone that's big on social media and having your own platform, your own voice. You have your own YouTube channel to kind of give people a, a look at what you do. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, for me, it was just trying to show people the, the human side. I think a lot of times they put athletes on a pedestal alongside with the, the mental health segment. Um, like we humans too. Like we, um, some are fathers, brothers, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, friends, you know, et cetera. So, just showing that side to people more. And this in this generation, it's cool to be a part of it because you see how like that is changing. Like the whole shut up and dribble movement um, is changing. We got athletes who are uh, rappers, mm -hmm. like dang good ones too. We got athletes who are, you know, designers with clothes, like Russell Westbrook, politicians, mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes, mm -hmm. venture capitalists, VC, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. sitting right here. You know what I mean? We got, the game has changed. And, and I appreciate the OGs that came before um, to help change it. So it's on like the younger generation to keep taking it, it right to another to level. level. So it's been cool to be a part of it in that change because um, I don't feel so stuck in the box as if I probably would have felt 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like if you try to do anything outside of basketball, people maybe yeah. would look at you crazy mm -hmm. 15 years ago. Now they might look at you crazy still, but now it's kind of like understood like, at basketball, you is more to it than just just a platform. It just opens doors to me. It just opened a lot of doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was to me. I played 14 years on a handful of different teams, but that was just the beginning. You know, I was able to get into anywhere I wanted to be get because of that. You know what I mean? So to be able to capitalize that off the next step is good. That you're still young in the game and realizing that because, like you said, we didn't have it. You know, when we first came in the league. You know, okay, we were at the beginning of the social media mm -hmm. era. You know, so I think it's great that you are capitalizing and having an understanding of how big your platform is and how many kids, like you said, kid, you, you seem like you're real big on educating the next generation, you know what I mean? And to be able to understand that it is your job to carry the torch. I feel like the world is changing. Uh, I think, in my opinion, the world is changing. I think like um, some of the, the big social constructs we used to lean on um, is they finding ways to become smaller and more efficient. Cause like, um, to be honest, um, it's a million different ways to make money. It's a million different ways to cut a chicken. And who would have thought, you know, 10 years from now or 20 years from now or 20 years from then that who would have thought that you can make money just sitting in front of a uh, a, a camera and just talking. Right. Talking bullshit. Yeah, talking people, shit. Who would have thought, like, posting on Instagram, you would, people, it's people making millions of dollars. It's people making M's just by posting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Like, who would have thought? There's a lot of ways to get it. Like, it's crazy that, that that's where the world is now because... Like before, like suit and tie was like the the considered like the format of the how business, to be professional. Right. Now you wouldn't be taken serious if you weren't dressed in a suit and tie yeah, at one point. Yeah, exactly. Now people got red, blue, yellow, green hair. Yeah, and just as tattoos, tattoos. Right. And we can go in any meeting, <laughs> right? Any office and talk to anybody and know what we talking about. And pre-game smoke day. all before and and light one up while we talking and still get the, and still get the deal done. Not all the time. I can. On this show one day, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. hopefully. I can't wait. You're real big in, in, in technology. <laughs> Obviously, you spoke at the MIT Media Lab, uh, the Harvard uh, Business uh, Education School. Tell, Tell me, me what MIT, you know, you got to, come on now. Just stack let five. Let, let him MIT, y'all got to break all those little abbreviations and stuff down. We talking about school now. This is not my, <laughs> this is not my strong suit. <laughs> break it down for me, please. 
Massachusetts Institution of Technology. Okay, there we go. MIT, right I'm there. Serious. You know, right. you didn't heard the you know, MIT. You heard you just never knew what it stood for. I never knew what it stands for. I'm not gonna lie, neither did I. And the institute it sound good yeah, though. The only time I institute, I hear institute. I think institution. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a that. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, I'm dead. <laughs> but yeah. talk to me a little bit about you know your 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 uh, fascination with tech and. Uh, where that came from? Uh, technology is, is the world, man. Uh, technology, I always try to be a part of it just to see where technology is going, um, just see how far it came um, and stuff like that, just being a part of it. So I try to stay tuned in to see what's coming up next. When I was at Cal, I met this dude, Eric Moore. He was a VC. He had his own venture capitalist firm. So like, um, I knew I wanted to do something when I went out to Cal. That's why I put myself in that position. Um, so I, I just kept hitting him up. And he was like, at first he was like, um, no, nah, he didn't take me serious, and I just kept hitting him up, and he allowed me to come and do an intern at his VC firm, and he started showing me stuff and um, teaching me things that I didn't know previously about money, about how you know the rich people make money, and how the rich stay rich, and how um, some of these companies you know orchestrate and things like that. So mm-hmm. I got to see at 18 or 19 a bunch of different companies that were being ran successfully, and some of them were the same age as me. Some of these people were 21, 22, dropped out of college, started their own company, was making two, three million dollars mm. in revenue, and nobody was batting the eye. Mm. But at, when I was coming out, it was a whole conversation. I remember, I don't want to call out the interviewer or the, the analyst or whatever, saying one and done was like a bad thing. So I looked at it the same as them. Right, right. Like, okay, I got an idea, right? Uh, my idea is I'm going to the league. My body is my company. Why is it a bad thing that I'm um, putting myself in a position to make a lot of money at an early age rather than staying in school, which is only going to perpetuate me going to work for somebody else right? eventually and having a bunch of student loan debts or right. whatever. Or Sally Mays. Getting hurt or something. It's just a, a hamster wheel they try to put you on. So. Um, for me, when I got to see that, I really got to see how the world worked, and I really got to see how the similarities between, you know, companies and basketball, and how the business of basketball started working. I wish I had somebody like that when I was That's 18. crazy, right? Set you on a whole new path. I can tell you, I was. I can't even want to tell you, I was getting my info from at 18, <laughs> and my boy. advice from. Who? Oh Lord. A dude named Spoonie G and a dude named John Johnson and uh, Mike D and all of them. What, what Spoonie G was talking about? Man, Spoonie G was wearing Versace in the 100 degree weather on the block. A pocket full of cash with Versace on. It's 110 degrees. I got all my advice from him. You turned out You turned out fine, though. Yeah, but you see what it was about? Uh, Took you a minute, though. 1.7 uh, grade average when I graduated. <laughs> 1.7. I don't know how they, how they let me walk out of there. I graduated oh, though, God damn it. Yes, sir. Shout out to Old Kill for past taking my class. Shout out to Spooky G. <laughs> Spoony G. Shout out to Spoony G. You, you met Spoony G. I remember him. You met Spoony G in the playoffs. Well, that's the one that was t- talking about pop. Tupac, content. yes. That was one of the realest conversations I ever had in my life. Spoony G. We was uh, in Dallas. And he broke down what Pac meant by staring at the world through my rearview mirror. And he said Pac was rooting for us. And we went and won that series. Shout out Spoony G. Pac must shout have out. been all Pac. Shout out Spoonie G. Shout out Spoonie G. Shout out Spoonie G. <laughs> What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that. See that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. How can advancing tech be helpful for the NBA? Uh, I think it's been helpful for the NBA already. I think as you've seen as a technology with TVs and cameras and social media, the game has become bigger. Like, um, it's reaching different places that normally, you know, it wouldn't, have it wouldn't have reached. It's global now. The game is everywhere. I've traveled places just off, you know, the merit of my brand through the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, like, people would be pulling up to, like, my hotel just to, to see me or shake my hand. So, like, I'm in Egypt. I'm in places that you wouldn't even Damn. think. And there's people pulling up just because the brand of the NBA has gotten so big, right? So, um, I think the technology is it continues to enhance. Um, as the NBA stays partner with it, it's going to continue to make the game bigger, um, bigger and bigger. You're a fashion guy too. Talk about that a little bit. You're a big fashion guy too. Yeah, man. I'm, I've been going. I've been at Fashion Week uh, for the last two years, just really being a fly on the wall. I'll tell y'all a quick story. I ain't never told nobody this ever. Right? <laughs> Come on, all the smoke, baby. Give it to us. It's <laughs> <laughs> a quick story, right? So I'm at Fashion Week. I got invited to uh, a few different shows my first year. I went to a lot actually. I went to like ten. I went to Valentino. I went to. Um, Rav Simmons, I went to Off-White, I went to a bunch of different shows, but the big one two years ago was what? The LV one mm-hmm. with Virgil. Yeah. I didn't get invited to that one. Right, so uh, I didn't get invited to that one, but I went tripping, you know what I mean? I'm uh, At the time, I'm the second year in the league and I ain't got my, my merit ain't and oh, like yeah, that, yeah. I ain't got the clout. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't miss that. It's been, like, they ain't never had a, a, a person of color being a, a Louis V designer. Yeah, yeah ever. Virgil, like, this yeah. history. Shout right? out Virgil. So I'm like, I don't got no ticket, but I'm going to pull up and just see what's going to happen. Like, I, I, the least I could do is say I tried. Right, right. Right, that's the type of, I'm from Atlanta, so you Yeah, we're going to try. <laughs> so I had photographers with me, and I had videographers, and I had managers with me and stuff like that. So I had like a little group of people with me. So I said, this is what we're going to do. I said, we're going to get in the car, we're going to pull up real fast, come to a stop real quick, everybody jump out. <laughs> <laughs> Make it look like the president pulling up. <laughs> everybody jump out quick. When we jump out, everybody open the door, slam it open. The driver, you got to slam on the brakes. Everybody jump out, slam the door open. We're going to walk fast. No pitches, no pitches, no pitches. There we go. Keep walk walking. Right through. We're going to walk. So everybody like causing a commotion. All the people trying to take pictures. Like, who is it? Da, 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 da. We get to the front. I said, when we get to the front, my, it's probably gonna be a list. Shit, <laughs> 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 sound like Italian job. <laughs> Look, it's probably gonna be a list. I thought the whole thing out. So I told my manager. I told him, I was like, we get to the mount. When they say when they say they can't see, me, they can't find my name on the list. I need you to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't even, I didn't even think, I didn't even think she was going to be like ready for it. Like, I'm surprised a little small. Like, I didn't even think she was going to be ready for it. Like, when you see the list, just go crazy. Like, act like this is an outrage. Did she sell it? Yeah, she sold it better than, I'm looking at her like, she surprised me. So we get to the list. It's like, we're not, this is what this is crazy. He should be on this list, da 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 And they're like, okay, lady, calm down, calm down, calm down. They didn't want that scene. <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down. Just let him go in. And I end up going in, and I end up, like, sitting, like, right next to Kanye and Travis. Oh, that's crazy. Like, it's crazy, right? And I ended up meeting uh, Diddy's sons uh, in there. I just seen them and said, hey, what up? And just walked in with them from the jump. Yeah. And just finessed my whole way into you the gotta act like You got to act like, that's the, number one, you got to act like you belong. Yeah, that's and it. you act like that's you belong, it. you good. Finesse my whole way. Look, that's dope, I'm sitting dope. right next to Kanye, Travis. I'm sitting dead across from uh, Rihanna. When the show was over, Virgil came out and gave Kanye a hug. At the end, he was crying. And I was, and I was like, man, if I was in my right mind, I'd go out there. <laughs> just hug on him. <laughs> and get in the picture. And get in the hug. 
He said, get in the hug. He felt it. He said, get in the hug. Like Marvin Coates. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. I felt it, man. That was a special moment, that'd man. That would be dope. Hey, but you from Atlanta. That's I'm from Atlanta. The home of Finessas. You <laughs> finesse your way in there. Straight in there. <laughs> Cooling it. That's right. And you've been good ever since. Been cool, cool ever since. That's, That's what happens. That's dope. If you weren't playing basketball, what would you be doing? Uh, I don't know, man. I get that question a lot. To be honest, I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm so locked in on ball, I can't even see nothing Imagine, else. Imagine, huh? Right now, I just feel good to just be able to play and play free. Hobbies? Hobbies? I got a lot of hobbies, man. I, uh, what's one of them? I guess I like I like designing, so I'm starting mm-hmm. my own my own brand soon. So it clothing, out. clothing brand. Okay, you so gotta, gotta send some. Yeah, so before, before Jack Bag, well, well, just send us some because he. Well, no, see, don't stop. I was gonna do my bagging later. I wasn't gonna you gotta wait. You gotta okay. give. Me, I got. I gotta have a bagging segment. That's what we call. Yeah, and it's it gonna have to be at the end. Okay, all right, go. We're gonna save that. Yeah, we're gonna, we gonna do some exchanges. <laughs> some exchanges, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got, I got a little note that I wrote for you to send Tatum. You know the new joys game, but I got a little note. <laughs> all right, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. So I got a little sketchbook and I be drawing oh, stuff dope. out, putting stuff together. I love music. It's like a pastime. I don't I'm not trying to be a rapper. I'm not trying to do nothing with it, but I love being in the studio listening uh to music. It just it's a good pastime. You're gonna start making like beats that. or something watch. You're gonna start doing I something. did, I used to. Yeah. I am retired now though. <laughs> oh, yeah, locked in. I'm yeah. retired. Yeah. I'm gonna just I put all, all my eggs in one basket, but I still like having hobbies and stuff to keep myself out of trouble. What's the biggest lesson you've learned up to this point in your career? I and mean, you seem very mature for being a uh, you know four year pro. But what are, what's the biggest lesson you've learned thus far? Basketball wise, confidence, confidence, it's everything, is everything, everything, bro. People understood that though, because there's so many. To me, you hear people say, "Oh, he can't play." The 13, 12. It's all about confidence because everybody could play. You know what I mean? So the second I, I saw something, when you don't believe in yourself, it's a wrap. It's you a know, wrap. so confidence and and being on. The, that same page with the coach and knowing that the coach has confidence you does wonders for everybody yeah exactly and uh because if as soon as you once they get into your head and they get into your mind like i've seen a lot of people you know their spirit is broken and it's broken forever and don't find a way back from it like and i felt like that was like where they was trying to send me and i was like that ain't gonna happen to me so i had to remind myself to to be confident in myself and and find ways to to find that extra confidence and i was good to circle, to circle back, you get that from your mom. I know a lot of times when I didn't believe my, in myself, when I got cut from teams and I broke my foot, could nobody get me back to believe in myself but my mom. Facts. You know what I mean? And that's something she taught me as a youngster. So I know for you to be able to turn that switch on, your mom got something to do with that because that's where we get all our confidence, our knowing, our right and wrongs, what to do or not. We get all that from my mama. That's a fact. I saw you uh, working out with T-Mac. Is he someone that you modeled your game after? Uh, is he... Who did you look up to coming into the NBA? T Mac. That was it. T Mac was was it. Great person to look after. Yeah, look I love this game. It's crossover, step back, the head fake, the shot fake, everything. You know what I mean? T Mac's game, like that's the one. I, when I went outside, like first it was like when I when I went outside, I was in the driveway, and you pretending like you somebody when you were a little kid. It was T Mac. For me, it was it was always T Mac. Then the next it was Kobe. Then it was D Wade mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But T Mac was number one. T Mac was number one. But think about that. Tatum's is Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know I mean his is T Mac? That's you a hell of a. Oh. So what do you ask? I mean, you guys feel like obviously you have enough to win a championship this year. Is that's the goal, right? I mean, it's championship or bust. Usually for franchises like the Celtics, I know you guys are taking <coughs> a game at you know game mm-hmm. at a time, but. That, I mean, that's always the goal. I think every player, that's what they want to do at least one time in their career. For me, I'm just like, I'm not trying to put no expectations on this year. I'm just trying to hoop. Like, you know what the goal is. Yeah, we know what the goal is, but I don't like, they. the media want, uh, most of the media and the Celtics media, they want you to get you say, we're going to do this and do that. Nah, they got us something that last year. That's what kind of mm-hmm. messed so us up derailed, last year. Yeah, yeah derailed us because everybody got so much pressure on them. And, and to be honest, we don't need the the pressure on this group. Like we good, we got a lot of young players, we got a lot of talent, um, and we got you know a lot of people filling roles that that need to be filled. And, and we got a lot of players playing well. Brad Wanamaker, Robert Williams, mm-hmm. Javante Green, Grant Williams, um, uh, everybody, man. Carson Edwards, mm-hmm. our young guys is playing phenomenal. Tease, Daniel Tease, Vincent Poirier. 
a lot of the young guys that you all probably don't even know their names, mm-hmm. but they've been helping us out and getting these wins. Yeah, you just named about six I ain't heard of. <laughs> they've, been uh, help, they've been helping us get these wins. Who were so. who the, the vocal leaders in that locker room? The vocal ones? Uh, Not having Al there. Was, Al was that guy. Was that, Al, when Al spoke, I everybody think, listened. Everybody like listened. The chief. Listen Al to was the like chief. the chief. You know, it ain't no hot Al. It ain't no bullshit. You know what I'm saying? When he speak, it means something. Facts. Al, when Al spoke, it, it definitely meant something uh, for me, for sure. Like if Al told me to do something, I'm doing it mm-hmm. because, like, not only did what he he said, what he he did what he always told us that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like he was that example. Like he walked in his in his light. Mm-hmm. Like I, Al, seen him come to work every day, work, and no matter what the situation was, he had the right attitude, the right mentality. Despite so, like, if I had to follow anybody's character, mm-hmm. that's what I was leaning towards more than anybody. Just because I seen he was the example every single day of that. You know what I mean? It's hard to 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 follow somebody if they not is consistent. Even though they might be a, a leader in a different merit, but they attitude inconsistent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Al was that person for me, no question. He like Tim Duncan. He had an even kill all the time. All the time. Yeah. Off subject with basketball. What are you? Are you in any shows? What What are you watching right now? Uh, Snowfall was the hottest thing out. Man, please tell me. Drive, motherfucker! <laughs> was that Samuel L. Jackson? No, that was that was Franklin Saint. So every time you argue, every time you beef him, we lose. We lose. We lose. I remember that scene. You yeah. think I'm going to blow all the shit that I built just because you don't like the way a nigga talk? Drive, motherfucker! That was a Man, that was a killer scene. scene. Okay. That was a killer scene right there, boy. Hey, you just killed that right there. Hey, that was, yeah. He want to be an he actor. Got he got me. He got me. I'm coming. I'm yeah, coming. He want to be. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put him in one of my things. So yeah. we're we going to get him right. I can't wait. Okay, but that was good, though. <laughs> I appreciate it. For real. <laughs> I have seen that shit a million times, nah, man. That scene was hard, for sure. That scene was hard. Sometimes your homie, you can't necessarily have, talk to your homie like he told that. He told his homie, his best friend, look. That's, that's what it was. What was solid? He held his boy, his, uh, boy, his boy down. When he uh, went to talk to Obar, yeah, he didn't up. He, he didn't up. embarrass him. Facts. But as soon as he got away from him, he Let had him to check it. him for the betterment of the business. For the that street shit, man. That street shit. You can take that and lose it in any business. Facts. Fuck they doing, man. Snowfall is the shit. I'm glad you said that. You got me hype. I didn't woke up. <laughs> Snowfall. <laughs> is almost, there a, is another we, season I, coming? I, I, we almost you done, should, bro. You should have said Snowfall beginning. I'd have been jumping all around this motherfucker, man. <laughs> is it, uh, another season coming? It, yeah, it, so? it gotta be. It gotta, gotta be. be right. When? How it ended? Yeah. You know what I mean? But and then, it, you know, it went back. Nobody put a date on it, though, did it? Nobody put a date on it. But it's good that we know Franklin St. knew that the DA guy was was working on him all this time. The whole so time. I, I got to stop. You getting too excited? I ain't seen it yet. I, I'm looking for a new show to get on. That's wonderful. Man, anything about selling dope and all that, I'm into it. Gangster shit, that's my lane. Ain't no secret. But it was different. It was like how they infiltrated the hood with the, the, hood with the dope. Like, right. we didn't have no planes. We didn't have no guns. None of that. Had none of that. The government was dropping that. Mm-hmm. They went in the to his hood. school and found him. Yeah. They recruited him. <laughs> Why you recruit me? <laughs> Shit. That's crazy. Like, That's nuts if you think about it. They was using that to fund elections, everything, wars, all type of stuff illegally. You know what I mean? And they looking at us like we We're the problem. Like, little kid from the, from the street to Cali. Because we doing drugs and we having violence in our neighborhood and it's a liquor store in this corner and we not supposed to drink or it's, it's guns and crack and cocaine in the neighborhood and, and we ain't supposed to do nothing about it. We ain't put none of that in. They came, mm-hmm. it's official. They yeah, dropped they it dropped off. off. And Snowfall is a perfect show. got mad when we mastered it. Yeah. And then we was selling it. <laughs> Not mad when we mastered it. Nigga, bring me something. I'm going to cook it up and sell it better than you. Cut it. You got to watch. You gotta the watch. flavor on it. I'm Whatever you need me it. to do, I'm going to figure it out. Stack toy. You got to watch. Hey, I'm sorry. Right. I get excited about that shit. You got to watch. I'm a, uh, uh, we're going to end on this. Uh, throughout this interview, you really talked about educating and, and, and about the next generation. If you could tell them one word, one sentence, what would it be to the youth of? Oh, man. One sentence. That's hard, man. Stack, you want to go first on that one? What's the question? <laughs> then just, just hear me? You were still I, no, thinking about Snowball? I'm, still, I'm, 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 I'm in character right now. So I'm, I'm Franklin Saint. Like, I'm, you know, man boy. I'm thinking oh, I'm thinking the whole movie right now. Why she had to do the crack? She had a good thing. All right. So if you had to encourage the youth with one word one or word. a sentence, what would that be? Word or sentence? Either one. Nothing beats a failure but a try. You never know if you're going to succeed if you don't try. You're going to fuck up a little I bit. I like that. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Because I think we live in a day and age where people are scared to do, chase their dreams, so they want to talk shit about our dreams. They're scared to fail. Right. Scared to fail. 
and I ain't gonna lie, that's one of that's probably one of my biggest fe- I mean, my biggest um, fears fears was always scared of, of failure, mm-hmm. like falling short. So that's something that's real. You know what I mean? In actuality, we good. You know what good. I mean? And if you you believe in yourself, uh, I actually got this quote from Marcus Smart. He was like, "Pressure come from, and when you don't know what you're doing." Like, if you put the work in, you put mm-hmm. the time and the effort in, you should be confident in that and, and shouldn't question it. And failure wouldn't even be an option. You know, so that's one thing that I, I would agree on. Like, it's a lot of young people that are scared of failure and they don't know how to necessarily go about it. They get nervous and something they resort to other things that they try to fill those gaps with. And sometimes it's not the best way. And it's up to us to let them know that before they walk out that house, they have everything in them they need to, to be, be successful. successful. Everything in them already. You know what I'm saying? And it's for us to use our platform to let the younger generation know that. I agree. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for your time. Yeah, bro. All right. Appreciate you coming, boy. Appreciate it. Already. <sighs> yes, sir. That's a wrap, man. All the smoke. Thank my guy, Jack. Jalen Brown. You can find us on Showtime, YouTube, Basketball, or all platform streaming podcasts. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.